Your kids want the good stuff. Al's Sporting Goods has season ski rental for the entire family. Ski and board equipment that you can rent for the entire season. Pick them up now, bring them back in May. And for a limited time, get a free Cherry Peak Lift Pass. Youth season ski or snowboard rental, only $99. Adult season ski or snowboard rentals, only $114. Don't wait. 99 and 114 season ski rental prices will go up. Al's Sporting Goods for season ski rentals. Every sport, every season. You'll be more prepared for the cold winter weather with help from your locally owned Napa Auto Parts stores. Save up to $16 on a pair of Rain-X silicone wiper blades. Or take the $10 instant rebate on a set of Napa Exact Fit wiper blades. 50 pounds of ice melt, $10 a bag. Chevron Dello 15W40, $15.99 a gallon. And make sure you have plenty of starting power with a Napa Legend battery. Stop by the store, they'll even help you with battery and wiper blade installation at your five locally owned Preston to Providence Napa Auto Parts. Napa! FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. We are And here's what you need to know. Cleveland Guardians manager Terry Francona has just been named the winner of the American League Manager of the Year Award. It's the third Manager of the Year Award of Francona's career. Multiple outlets report that Anthony Rizzo is re-signing with the New York Yankees on a two-year $34 million deal through 2024 with a $17 million club option for 2025. Pitcher Tyler Anderson's agreed to a three-year, $39 million contract with the Los Angeles Angels. Anderson was an all-star last season for the Dodgers, going 15-5. NFL, the Green Bay Packers designated receiver Randall Cobb to return from injured reserve. Sunday's Packers-Cowboys game drew 29 million viewers, making it the most-watched NFL game of the season to date. And the Chicago Bears put running back Khalil Herbert on injured reserve due to a hip injury. I'm Isaac Lohenkron. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the, to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness, of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, and yes! Touchdown, did he get it? Welcome back, Full Court Press, second hour. Jason Walker, Eric Franson. Been talking a lot of uh, Utah State football, uh, beginning to preview their matchup with San Jose State. All important matchup with San Jose State on Saturday. It's not technically for all the marbles in terms of bowl eligibility, but it certainly feels like that. I've also talked about the uh, men's basketball team playing yesterday, absolutely beating up on Santa Clara. Uh, just the fact that Utah State looks like a really good team, a team that could be an at-large NCAA team. But as Odom said uh, after the game yesterday, uh, there's a long way to go until March. <laughs> there's so, a lot of basketball so still we, to be played. We, we can't be counting the eggs before they hatch. Can't be counting the NCAA tournament bids before they actually happen. Yes. Nothing is guaranteed at this point. Um, we also got an interview uh, later today. Or, I shouldn't say later today, like in a few minutes, we're going to be having Logan Brown, uh, head coach of the Green Canyon Boys basketball team. Uh, we'll be having him in. Um, 
Also, heads up, Utah State women's basketball plays today. They're taking on Utah Tech at 7 o'clock. And that's uh, in St. George, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's in St. George, so it's not around here. So don't show up at the Spectrum at 7 o'clock. They won't let you in. Um, but also at 7 o'clock, Utah Jazz play today. Uh, they're taking on the New York Knicks at home. So if you show up at Vivint Arena, they will let you in, provided, <laughs> let you, in. provided you have a ticket. Right. Um, so that'll that'll be a good game. See if the Knicks can leverage a win against the Jazz. Um, it'll be an interesting matchup. This one wasn't the national TV game, was That was going to be the one that... Uh, I think it was the one in New York yeah, later in the year. Yeah, the February 11th. Yeah. Uh, so that was the one at uh, Madison Square Garden, yes. I think. I always confuse it and the Boston Garden or whatever it's called. Uh, they still what call is it, it anymore? TD Ameritrade Center? Yeah, I, something like that. They used to call it the Garden there, too. Yeah, it was a Boston Garden. Yeah, Boston Garden. Okay, I know what the new one wasn't crazy. It's <laughs> like, didn't they call the Boston one the Garden, too? Like, uh, still. Anyway, so uh, before we get to any of that, we need to talk uh, Pick 6, or at least reveal the results of Pick 6. We hadn't done it in, like, a month for various reasons. Either I was gone, or Eric was gone, or whatever. We hadn't done it, so we finally... Did it last Thursday, so let's hear the results, Eric. Yeah, bringing it back, it uh, took a little bit of a hiatus, and we didn't get a chance to do it yesterday to reveal the results. So let's go through it. Um, you started us off, if I remember correctly. Yes. So USU rushing yards at Hawaii, you set the line at 185 and a half. <laughs> I don't think they And we both took the over. Utah State only managed 136. So we both whiffed on that one. Yeah. Um, Clarkson, Jordan Clarkson points at Washington. Set the line at 21 and a half. Uh, he only ended up having 18. You took the under on that. I took the over. So that's one for you. Okay. Uh, combined points between Taylor Funk, Sean Barstow, and Max Shulga Friday night in the game against Bradley. Well, uh, set the line at 45 and a half. Well, Funk had 13 points. Uh, Barstow had four. Shulga had seven. So a little little under. <laughs> it was like 24. <laughs> it was way off. Most of that, the points came off the bench for the Aggies that night. Uh, I took the under, so that's one for me. And you took the over. So now we're 1-1. Uh, 15-yard penalties for USU against Hawaii. Now, we can split hairs on this one a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we better because uh, <laughs> they were technically not 15-yard penalties. <laughs> so uh, set the line at two and a half. I took the over and you took the under. Now, Utah State was called for three penalties that normally would be 15-yard variety, but one of those went for half the distance to the goal and was only like 13 yards. (laughs) So I think if we're being technical with how we set it, 15-yard penalties for USU probably only can say two. So... That would be that would be one for you. They didn't go fifteen yards. They are not fifteen yard no. penalties. Okay, Walker Kessler blocks combined blocks against Washington Wizards and Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, set the line at three and a half. He had three. I took the over. You took the under. And so now that's it's three total for you. And um, and uh, the last one doesn't really matter at this point now because we missed on one of them. But the last one was Stephen Ashworth assists versus Bradley. Set the line at four and a half. He had six. I took the over. You took the under. I got that right. So I got two. You got three. 
On a technicality. There we go, technicality. Because <laughs> we were watching the Hawaii game, and I remember that one. And, and, like, in the first, you know, quarter, they had, like, two that would have been, you know, there were 15-yard penalties uh, normally. But, yeah, one of them. And I, and I went out to you and I said, uh, Eric, that didn't go over 15 yards. <laughs> so we, we had to wait for that. Uh, so, that was um, good. That was good. Uh, so we're going to um, – let's take a quick timeout because we've got some guests coming in here in the studio. We'll find out more about the Green Canyon boys basketball team coach, Logan Brown, and some friends coming into studio to uh, tell us about their upcoming season. Stick around. That's next on the Full Court Press. This is Dustin with Valvoline Instant Oil Change in Logan. Whatever you do, don't forget to change the oil in your car. My team at Valvoline Instant Oil Change will get you in and out quickly. Stay in your car and relax, all while your car is being serviced by trained professionals. Valvoline Instant Oil Change, 695 North Main and Logan, across from Angie's. Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Service you can see. Experts you can trust. This is Ryan at My Mattress. My wife and I were laughing the other day because she read an article about things not to buy online. The first thing was prom dresses. Dresses advertised versus dresses delivered. Needless to say, what people thought they were getting is not what they got. It's much the same with mattresses. Almost always, buying a mattress online ends in buyers being let down. At My Mattress, we try to always exceed expectations. Lower prices than online and better beds. Only at My Mattress. It's that first kiss, that moment in time. This is Jarek from Jarek's Fine Jewelry. Everyone knows us as an engagement ring store, but not everyone knows about everything else we do. Custom design, our in-house laser jewelry repair. We offer fashion jewelry, charm bracelets, necklaces, earrings, birthstone jewelry, watches. We love people to just look and make a wish list. Stop in and say hi. Jarek's Fine Jewelry. Make it special. Make it Jarek's. Alpine Home Medical has been around for over 25 years. Can you believe that? Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent. What keeps us coming to work every day? We're passionate about caring for you. From home and bathroom safety to transportation, mobility, recovery, oxygen, sleep, and more, come into any of our 10 locations today and let us take care of you. Alpine Home Medical, we bring wellness home. Visit us at alpinehomemedical.com. This is The Herd. Attention listeners. With Colin Cowherd. Dak Prescott makes $40 million a year, and it cannot beat good teams since his rookie year. Here is Dak Prescott versus playoff teams in his career. 12-21. and 21. What is he, Kirk Cousins on Monday Night Football? Oh, wait. That's actually what I've compared him to the last two years. This is The Herd. Weekdays from 10 to 1 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. This is Zach with HSA Depot. Christmas is nearly here. Make sure you be merry and bright by using your pre-tax funds on your medical needs. We know your regular holiday budget is disappearing quick. So instead, save money by using your pre-tax income to buy qualifying medical supplies. HSA Depot carries hundreds of unique and dashing eligible products to help you conquer your health care. Come to HSA Depot next to Sally Beauty Supply and see how much you can save this holiday season. HSA Depot, five-star review. Breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker.
And welcome back. Full Court Press, Jason Walker, Eric Franson. Uh, have some guests on. Uh, head coach of Green Canyon Basketball, um, Logan Brown. I almost forgot your name, even though I know I've covered, you know, back when you were at Logan High School, I was covering you there. But obviously at Green Canyon, you've also got It just Jared made Anderson, it so much uh, more easy when you yeah. were at Logan High. Coach Logan Brown at Logan High. Yeah, I, w- I would get that a lot. I'd always get when we're, we're in, when we're in warm-ups, you know, somebody, one of the refs would always say, especially if we're on the road, would say, wait, you're Logan from Logan. And, yeah, I've, I've heard that before. And you're probably refreshing. Yeah, it was actually, yeah, it was kind of nice not to have that last year. <laughs> Sorry, I cut you off, Jason. No, I was, saying, I was interesting. Uh, the other guys we have, we have uh, Jared Anderson, right? Um, and then Dylan Davis. Yep. So a couple of returning players. I believe, Jared, you averaged something like 11 points per game last year. You were in the rotation. Uh, Dylan, a bit of a newcomer, I believe, right? You were, you yep. played some, but not a ton. Yeah. So obviously you guys, two key returners. But Logan, it's, tell us a little about these players, you know, what the roster is looking like, obviously including these two players, and, you know, what it's looking like after. I believe you graduated your uh, top two leading scorers. So just tell us a little bit about the team as it stands right now. Well, we're a really unproven team, but uh, a group that's very connected and plays together. You know, we, with Jared's our our. One guy that started last year that's coming back, and, and really we don't have a ton of experience, but we have a, a, a really good group of young guys that are eager to prove themselves. We, we only have two seniors, Dylan being one of them, Mitch Larson being the other senior. So we, we really have a group that we feel we, we can build on this year, but also we feel like you know we're ready to get out there and play now and improve what we can do. This group has been outstanding in the offseason. You know, it, it starts, I, I, I have to pump these guys up, especially what they've done in the weight room. You know, Dylan Davis here went from a 32-inch vertical in April to we just tested him the other day as a 40-inch vertical. And, and that's amazing. That's off oh, a wow. jump mat. And so that's impressive. But what's really impressive is the work that these guys have done in the offseason to give themselves a chance to do well. And I think that says a lot about this group. They've really done a lot together. You know, what from... When we played this summer, we traveled a lot together, you know, got to do some really cool stuff as a team and connect. And, and uh, that's what I really look forward to as a coach because I've told these guys many times in practice, I said, I've never had to say play together. You know, we, I've never had to say that this year in practice. And that's not usually the, the case, especially in high school basketball. Sometimes you've got to really preach, you know, team basketball and, and making the ball move. And this is a group that really understands the value of team. So uh, let me ask that kind of, of of the players and Jared. Let me ask you. Start with you. Just as um, you know, somebody who's been part of this team and seen what was done last year, but trying to keep that team concept moving along. How? Well, I guess maybe the way to phrase it is the responsibility that you share with trying to make sure that you bring everybody along to that standard that last year's team set that you got to try to exceed this year. Um. Yeah. I mean, like last year, I was. Kind of just like one of the younger guys, and this year I'm the upperclassman, one of the returners, and so I guess like I just I don't, everyone everyone like wants to like prove themselves this year, so like uh I don't I don't like everyone wants to prove themselves, and so everyone's like excited to go yeah. play, and so like just like make sure like we bring energy every night and. Just like make sure everyone can prove themselves, give them opportunities to do so. And maybe just a, a follow up to that. This is a conversation that we've had with other coaches too. Is just with with you, Coach Brown, your team as basketball players, as opposed to here's a football player who's an athlete who can also play basketball. 
What does the makeup of your roster look like kind of in that sense? I think we're a really balanced group. Uh, this is a group that's it's been really fun to coach. We have a group that the ball can go inside and outside. And that's been fun to watch because in practice the ball, you know, it, we, we talk a lot about make the ball breathe, you know, that it goes in and it goes out and that we play together. And, you know, really a lot of these guys, you know, and I love football guys too. I mean, some of the uh, best players I've ever coached have been dual sport guys. And, we, you know, this is a group that we don't have as many of those guys, but they also do other sports. You know, Jared, he's a, he's a golfer. And, and Dylan, Dylan played football last year. And, you know, Dylan decided to take track. He could probably, you know, win a state title in, in an event that he wanted to. And so it's uh, – we have a lot of guys that I, I feel like we're – we're not big, but we're not small, and we have a very good balance to our team. So, Dylan, I'll ask you this because you're someone who's going to be stepping into a bigger role. Um, obviously, we talk about when you know teams will graduate. You know, their top leading scorers are like three or four seniors. Then there's maybe some unknown players step up. Obviously, you know who you are. So, I guess tell us a little bit about yourself and like what role you can you're hoping to have this season and what kind of player you are. Yeah, for sure. Um, one thing that I've like really taken on is. Um, Trying to be that team leader, like that internal leadership, just getting like the group to just like more, I don't know, like grow more together, I guess, uh, whether that's on the court, off the court. Um, and I feel like we're coming a long ways with, uh, with that. And especially the last couple of weeks, we've really flipped stuff around and like just uh, we're on, um, everything's just uphill from here, honestly. Um, team's looking good. Uh, I love the boys, so. From, uh, I guess, Coach Brown, just from, from your perspective, you know, how, maybe just describe the, the type of team that you, you, you like to run, like the, the type of offense, maybe the type of defense. I know sometimes that really is just based on the players that you have available, but generally in, in a perfect world, how would you, how do you normally like to, to run your basketball program? Well, offensively, I think that that can change from year to year. You know, last year we had Brady Smith running the point, and when Brady wasn't in, Jared would run the point. And, you know, this year Jared still will we'll roll Jared as a point guard at times too. And, and we'll have, we have another point guard named uh, Kyron Hoffman that'll run the point. But we're a group that, you know, a lot of people talk about we want to get up down and, and, and get downhill. That describes this group a lot. I think that that's, it's to our advantage if we push the basketball and make teams have to guard us on the break. And so I, I really think that this is a group that if we concentrate on, pushing the basketball and not letting the ball stick and really buy into team defense, which these guys have done. This is a group, and I, I've been proud of a lot of groups that I've had over the years, but this is a group that I've really been impressed with on what they've done as a team together, not just on the court but off the court. You'll see these guys, they hang out together a lot. They do a lot together. And so I, that's a, such an advantage as a coach when you have groups that do a lot together. And so to answer your question a little bit offensively, we, we are going to be at our best when we push the tempo. And this year, we, I've been so excited about the shot clock coming, and I think that's something that, you know, I know a lot of people are talking about it. And really in high school, when you break down possessions, it doesn't impact possessions that much because the fact that the ball gets up before 35 seconds happens most of the time. Uh, or a turnover. Something's happening in that time. But what I really think the shot clock has done, and our state deserves a lot of credit on, is protecting the integrity of the game and making sure that, you know, I think it adds way more excitement to the fan. And But also, these guys, it's, it's giving kids an opportunity to gain a better knowledge of basketball. 
we emphasize it in practice. We've been playing with it for a couple months, and it's been fun to watch them. They've been paying attention to basketball over the years, so it's been fun to watch them. All right, now we're starting to play with it, and it's been a great concept to have in the state. Yeah, so shot clock, obviously a huge thing. Uh, so, Coach, you've obviously said your piece. I want to ask the players, like, what are you guys' thoughts on the shot clock? You guys have never played with one. You obviously watched basketball with a shot clock. What's it been like for you guys to, to play with a shot clock, you know, at least in practice the last little while? Um, I guess uh, it's that may, may, you got to be, like, more aware. you got to – it's one more thing to pay attention to, but I think it's, like, good. Like, kind of moves the game along. It'll, I think it'll make, like, the, the end of games. you got to execute at the end of games now instead of just being able to hold the ball the whole time. Yeah, uh, going going along uh, what he said, uh, just the execution that's like necessary at the end of games. Um, the shot clock will have a huge play in that, uh, and I think I feel like we're we're a great team at uh, when it's crunch time we can execute. Uh, so I think that's a great thing. Your uh, non conf or non region schedule gets underway next week. I mean, it's here. <laughs> so let's talk about your non-region schedule and how you put it together. The teams you like to have your team go up against to some you know, test your team. Does does RPI play a factor when you're putting your schedule together? And just uh, are you going to go to some tournaments? Are you going to be involved in some tournaments? When you look at your putting together your non-region schedule, what's generally your philosophy on what you like to put together for your team? First of all, we like to return the games that we owe teams, and Syracuse is who we start out with. And last year when we played them at our place, we were down 11, second half, came back, won it in overtime, and, they were, and they're very well coached. Uh, coach Russell, you know, he was a college basketball coach, came back, coached high school, and has really done a good job with that program. They were 6A semifinalist, and they bring back the core piece of their team from last year. So right from the get-go, we're going to take our team that's maybe not as experienced, but again, eager to prove ourselves to a 6A team at their place that had some success last year. And then we turn around and play some teams that have size like Juan Diego. Twin Falls, Idaho actually brings back a lot, most of their team from last year. And so we, we have teams like that. Box Elder, they'll be, I think Box Elder's really good. You know, they, they were outstanding last year and they, again, bring back most of their team. And so we're going to get tested in the preseason as far as who we're scheduling. I'm excited to have some, some games at home, I think, it's a special place to play at Green Canyon. Our students get involved. It gets loud. It's a fun environment. And so we're excited to have that. Uh, one of the, I think, a really good opportunity for us is going down to St. George. We're going to play in a tournament down there along with a couple other schools in our valley are going. But you really get a chance to go see, especially where there's only two regions in the state. And it's always kind of odd. You know, there's only two of us, but you get a chance to see everybody in a few days. So that. It'll give us a good chance to see where we're at, especially before we head into the Christmas break. And so just give me your assessment on the region in general. We've seen, you know, across different sports, sometimes you have a strong year, maybe a weaker year. Just tell me your thoughts on Region 11. What's it going to look like this year? I mean, we talked to Kyle Day the other day. He said, like, Skyview kind of has to be the region favorite. But, I mean, obviously region favorites are, are not a guarantee. So, like, what's your assessment of the region and how it might play out this year? I would agree with Coach Day on that. Skyview has, I mean, six of their guys that played a lot last year, and so they bring back a, a really good group that I thought they did a really good job last year. And so that I think that they're definitely up there as far as when you measure it on who brings back experience and, and guys that have proven themselves. Skyview's definitely up there. But I also think there's a lot of other teams 
like us and Ridgeline uh, and even Mountain Crest a little bit that haven't, you know, there's a lot of guys on that roster that maybe you didn't see but had some really successful JV teams. You know, Ridgeline was really good last year. I thought you know, Coach Smith at Mountain Crest really got those guys playing hard, and I think they're a team that's going to sneak up on people. Uh, they beat us this summer, and so it's not they're not a team we're going to overlook. You know, I think that they play really hard. Ridgeline, you know, they, uh, last year I know they graduated a lot of seniors, but their JV was really good. And so that's going to be the fun part about this region is there's a lot of unknowns. Uh, but there's – and I think, again, what's great about our region, it's one of the best things is we get to play all these teams right here in our valley. And so it's – I think it's going to be a fun region. Uh, last question for me, and this will be directed to the players. So it, let's start – Jared, let's start with you. Just – your first game is in a week from today. So, like, for you and, and for the team, how comfortable do you feel like it's here, it's time to go, like, or, or what more needs to be done to get ready for game number one? Um, I think we, we actually talked about this on the way over, just like if we had a game tomorrow, we actually all feel like I, I would feel ready to go out and play. Um, but, I mean, I guess it, – gives us more time to build. We just keep building on the things we've done in practice. But, yeah, I, f I feel ready for the first game. I think we all do. And that same question will go for you, Dylan, just how you feel getting ready for that first game and, and just kind of the, the, the team overall, understanding you know, their new roles because a lot of guys are stepping into bigger roles than what they had a year ago and uh, opportunities to, to prove themselves, as uh, Jared said earlier. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think going, like, it's, it's literally here. Um, and I think roles will emerge throughout the game as well. Um, there will be a lot of like unknowns, but I feel like a lot of us are um, just chomping at the bit to get going. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think it will be a great year, and we're excited. So I'll, I'll ask players just one more question. Uh, hopefully I don't get you in trouble with your coach, depending on how you answer this. Uh, what game are you looking forward to uh, most this season? Hopefully you won't get in trouble if you just don't say every single game. <laughs> Do we say this? <laughs> uh, I think this game, it's uh, like probably the answer every year, uh, Skyview. Definitely. <laughs> fair fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> that does seem to be the, the obvious, because I know I remember some classic Skyview Green Canyon games from a few years back. Um, this is back when you were still a Logan, but still, those are, those are obviously some big games. So thank you so much uh, for coming on. Uh, again, head coach of Green Canyon High School, Logan Brown. Obviously, Jared Anderson, Dylan Davis. Uh, good luck this season. Thank you. Thank you Appreciate guys for it. having us. Thanks, guys. And, uh, again, we will have full play-by-play -play of Green Canyon basketball on our sister station, 100.9 Light FM. So it'll interrupt the Christmas music for a little bit right now, but uh, we'll have full play-by-play -play there. Yeah, <laughs> Jason's, Jason's not sad about that. Uh, but uh, And opportunity to watch those games on cashvalleydaily.com as well. So excited to, to continue that, and best of luck, guys. Thank, Thank, you. You. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, we're going to go ahead and cut the break, and when we come back, we'll have more here on 106.9 The Fan. Advanced Heating and AC, the two-time gold medal winner in Best in Builder, Utah. They're teaming up with Carrier Heating and Cooling. Carrier provides you the best furnace units available. And now's the best time to buy a new unit before the weather turns Cash Valley cold. Financing options are available. Turn to the experts at Advanced Heating and Carrier. Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning, 752-7272. Or stop by their showroom west of DI. And online at advancedheating-ac.com. We're not comfortable until you are Advanced Heating and Air.
You have to see it to believe it. The new Three Peaks Medical Plaza is Cache Valley's newest and most up-to-date medical facility. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center are now located in the Three Peaks Medical Plaza in North Logan. The entire staff and Drs. Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art medical facility. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and Three Peaks Medical Plaza, 2245 North 400 East in North Logan. Go to CacheValleyENT.com for details. Most insurance products products including select med are accepted are you a small business owner who's your bank this is bruce rigby i want to invite you to bank with us at cash valley bank we specialize in helping small business and we have great people that's the cash valley bank difference decisions made locally without all the red tape by people who care and know how to help small business cash valley bank growing expanding and proud to have our roots firmly planted in cash valley cash valley bank member fdic the Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cache Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility trailers, we're excited to offer some of the finest trailers and flatbed work trucks to Cache Valley. Our team of experts look forward to helping you find the right truck or trailer to fit your needs, with competitive prices offered on every make and model for sale on our lot. With our extensive inventory, you'll find the best deals right here in Cache Valley. Young Truck and Trailer Center, just off Highway 89 in Logan. Think young, drive young. Which local high schools do you follow and support? Find your favorite high school logoed items at the Locker 42 North store. Yes, Locker 42 North has high school logoed hoodies, t-shirts, blankets, and more. Green Canyon, Mountain Crest, Logan, Ridgeline, and Skyview can all find their high school logos on apparel at Locker 42 North. And high school logoed items make great Christmas gifts. Logoed items from all your favorite high schools exclusively at the Locker 42 North store, 1430 North Main, next to Little Caesars. Hi, I'm Dr. Anita Chandra with today's tip for kids from the American Academy of Pediatrics. Helmets are important for every bike ride, no matter how short. Did you know helmets are also important to wear when skateboarding, inline skating, or riding a scooter? A helmet can protect against a skull fracture or other facial injuries. Look for a helmet that fits correctly and that's certified for safety. Make sure you and your child wear a helmet every time. For more, visit HealthyChildren.org or talk with your pediatrician. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome back, Full Court Press, Hour 2 already in progress. Uh, we just had uh, Logan Brown, head coach of the Green Canyon boys basketball team, also had a couple of his players, uh, Jared Anderson, who's, uh, I think he was the third leading scorer on the team last year at uh, 11 points and change, and uh, Dylan Davis, a player who, you know, uh, played a few games last year, but he's stepping in, uh, you know, he's a senior who's going to be taking on much bigger role with this team, so obviously... We'll, uh, you'll get a chance to see him, and again, we'll have the streams uh, as often as possible on CashValleyDaily.com and then 100 Light FM. Um, I believe all the games, all the teams, I believe, are starting next week, or at least most of them will have a game. A lot of them starting on the 22nd. I didn't check to see when Green Canyon specifically started, but 
uh, boys basketball season and girls basketball season getting going. Um, and we're going to be trying to have some uh, girls basketball games. Uh, there's plans for us to try and do that. We haven't finalized anything yet uh, with, with how crazy and hectic the boys basketball season getting trying to cover those. It can be hard to cover girls basketball, but we have a lot of really good girls basketball teams here in the Valley. My experience covering them uh, for the Herald Journal a few years back, and also boys basketball. Like We have some good basketball in the Valley, and it is absolutely exciting. So and I'm looking forward to it. I'll, be, uh, I'll have the uh, fortunate but unfortunate task of uh, replacing Al Lewis in doing the Logan uh, boys basketball games. Um, so I'll get a chance to, to dive back into high school boys basketball. I'm really excited about that. Um, we'll mention that Eric Franson, he's had to uh, run off, and he's going to head up to the uh, football practice, uh, well, post-football practice. Uh, he's up there. You can get some audio from, I believe he told me, Brock Lane and A.J. Vong Pachong are the two players he's going to be speaking to. He'll, he'll try and catch them, get some sound. We can play that for you tomorrow. Um, as uh, they prepare, as the Utah State football team prepares to play San Jose State. And it is the all-important game. That's how I'm going to frame it. I know you shouldn't. Uh, Coach Anderson obviously isn't going to because this isn't the last game of the season. Um, it's, there's, there, there's more games to be played after this. Well, one game to be played after this, but needing one win to become bowl eligible, Utah state's got two cracks at it, but this is pretty much the most likely, um, you know, last time checking, uh, the, you know, like the ESPN matchup predictor, um, you know, it had Utah State like is a forty percent chance to win, thirty nine percent chance to beat San Jose State, and like nine percent chance to beat Boise State. So it kind of tells you where. And you look at the Vegas line; it has San Jose State, despite being the road team. It has San Jose State as like a two to three point favorite. The lines moved a little bit. We've already talked about this in the first hour. Where when I first saw it, it was three. I saw that on like Monday, um, and it's gone from like two and a half to one bunch of different places. So it's just about a pick them in terms of the Vegas line. And Utah State certainly has a chance. But there are some things they're going to have to be able to do. Now, one of the trends Utah State has had over the last two games is they've not turned the ball over. Um, I don't believe they turned the ball over at all against Hawaii. So if I remember right, they have zero turnovers the last two games. In the first, like, eight games, or I guess up until New Mexico, they had, like, 19 turnovers. There was a six-game stretch after Alabama and up until uh, Wyoming where Utah State had 17 turnovers in six games. And it was unsurprising that Utah State went 2-4 and four in those games. Well, last two times out, they've won. They've had zero turnovers in each game. And so it's un- somewhat unsurprising that they're 2-0. and oh. They've done really well at protecting the ball. And Coach Anderson, uh, he was talking uh, with the media, and he talked about the importance of holding on to the ball. I'm going to try and prep this, and we'll listen to Anderson uh, 
from the Monday press conference. They're really, really good up on the front. Their, their defensive front creates all kind of chaos in the backfield. and They tend to force those turnovers with pressure and sacks or forcing you to put the ball in harm's way. we got to stay away from that. And they've got a quarterback that's extremely mobile, very, very gifted at creating, and, and it's hard to get a beat on him and, and get to him. So which front's able to make the other quarterback most uncomfortable is going to be huge. We've got to protect the ball. We, we cannot turn the ball over and expect to win against these guys. We've seen that in the past. Earlier this year, where it killed us, we can't have that. And proud that we've done better, but you know the job's not done yet. Yeah, so obviously it's uh, it's going to be really key for Utah State. And Anderson summarized it kind of in both directions where, you know, San Jose State creates turnovers. They've also got a quarterback who it's hard to force into turnovers. You know, when you have a talented quarterback who's able to do a lot of different things, it can be difficult to force that, you know, quarterback into mistakes. Um, so, you know, Utah State's going to try and pressure. Um the San Jose State quarterback, I've suddenly spaced his name <laughs> all over the place. Of course, I can't pronounce it even if I wanted to. Sheva and Cordero is his name. He's a guy who, he leads the Mountain West in, in passing yards. 2,400 passing yards. Uh, he would have a lot better uh, rushing totals if it weren't for the fact that he's been sacked about almost four times a game. It's like 3.78 times per game is the amount of times that he's being sacked per game. And he's able to get out and run, uh, adjusting his uh, rushing yardage for you know the loss of sack yards. He's at like 435 rushing yards, 6.2 per carry. A lot of those is just him scrambling. They don't really run designed runs for him, so far as I've I've seen. They certainly will. They will do that. And Cordero has eight rushing touchdowns on the year. So, you know, he only has, like, only has 14 passing touchdowns, but he has 22 total touchdowns. So, San Jose State, you know, they go through Cordero. They throw through him a ton. They don't run the ball. They rank, like, 129th in rush attempts. So, they're going to come out and try and sling the ball around. And so, this is where all of us, you know, do a, some kind of, you know, rain dance or weather dance or snow dance where you get the worst possible you know, throwing weather for Saturday. Because if San Jose State can't throw the ball effectively, then that changes everything. It's like when the Bills played the Patriots last year, where when they played in the most, you know, awful weather possible, high winds, and and the Patriots ran the ball like, or passed the ball like three times the entire game, they just ran the ball. It almost feels like that has to be the case, which it's not that extreme, because Utah State has, you know, an ability to make plays. So it's going to be key that Utah State actually finish when they get pressure. When they get pressure on Cordero, they need to bring him down. The more Cordero scrambles out of the pocket and either just gets yards uh, from running or gets out of the pocket and looks downfield to pass, the more that happens the less likely it is Utah State wins. Just, it, it's like, it's, it's proportional. The more scrambling attempts that Cordero has where Utah State doesn't finish in terms of pressure, then Utah State's chances of winning go down. It's inversely proportional.
You can't allow Cordero to be making tons of plays out there. Hawaii, in this last game, were throwing the ball all over the place. And Utah State was getting some pressure, but they weren't really finishing. They were allowing Hawaii to throw the ball all over the place. In Utah State secondary, it's banged up. It's not playing as well as it could be. And so, San Jose State, they're just as capable as Hawaii in terms of throwing. They throw it nearly as often. So Utah State can't afford to allow San Jose State to throw the ball a ton. So, want to talk a little bit about you know Utah State in terms of their improvement. I know I wanted to bring this a little bit up because it does actually tie into turnovers a little bit. Um, but Utah State obviously has improved. Um, and it's kind of remarkable that Utah State is in this position to begin with. I've brought this up a few times on the show where there have been 29, now actually 30 seasons, but there are 29 previous seasons where Utah State um, started 1-4 or 0-5, basically 1-4 or worse. So of those 25, 29 seasons, excuse me, only one time has the team turned it around and gotten at least six wins. There's been, I think, four or five where they got two five wins. Um, but only one time did they become bowl eligible. Now, there haven't always been bowl games ready. Some of these seasons were back in like the 19-teens. So there weren't really bowl games around back then. But they didn't turn around to get to the six wins. It was 1993 where Utah State absolutely turned it around. They started the year 1-5, so actually worse than Utah State did. Where Utah State started 1-4, then they went to 2-4. The 1993 team went 1-5, and they won the final six games of the year. And they absolutely turned it around. Uh, Some of it was just playing better defense in a few more games. And Utah State's kind of been that way too, where they were averaging, I think Utah State was averaging like 33, 34 points allowed per game. Lately, they've only been averaging around 22 points allowed per game. This last game, obviously, a bit of an outlier where they allow 34. So there have been some improvements on this team, and Anderson talked about uh, improving from those mistakes uh, on Monday. Reduce mistakes when you talk about MA, it's just. Situations where you just did not do what you were supposed to do in a defense, in an offensive scheme, those, those still happen, and those happen with young guys, but we've reduced that number a great deal. We've reduced missed tackles, although we had a couple critical missed tackles this week, uh, one down the goal line from Hunter Reynolds who came right back the next series and, and created a turnover, but we've recruited missed tackles, we've, we've reduced MAs, we've reduced drops, um, you know, I think those are things that you just kind of have to continue to go out every day and work and, and, and get better and better. And honestly, get, just gain confidence so when the moment is there that you don't, that you don't panic. Yes, Utah State has done well to fix some of the mistakes they've had. Uh, missed tackles, he did mention against Hawaii, they had a lot of missed tackles. That's clearly something they're still working on. Um, and they'll have to do it in this game. They can't afford to miss tackles, and they can't afford to allow San Jose State to run the ball effectively. They need to make San Jose State one-dimensional. They, they can't allow, because you know, once they become balanced, because Hawaii was balanced a lot of times, 
they were throwing the ball a ton, but they were getting good plays in the rushing game. You know, the, the game that suddenly turned things, or the play that suddenly turned things around late in the game where suddenly went from, oh, Utah State just sealed it with a pick six from Ike Larson. The, the play that turned that around was Hawaii had a 69-yard rush for a touchdown. And, and that changed things to where suddenly, okay, Utah State was up like 41-21, I believe. Or 41-24, I think. And suddenly it just felt like, all right, this game's iced. Ike Larson just won it for Utah State. There's like four and a half minutes left. Well, suddenly, after a 69-yard touchdown run, you know, Utah State getting gashed in the run game like they were. Hawaii had, I think, two players rush for 90-plus yards. Uh, almost had another game where they allowed two 100-yard rushers. Maybe they, maybe they did. I didn't check the final stats uh, for those two players. They're two, uh, two running backs. But, you know, they had that you know, big rush, and then they stopped Utah State, and then suddenly they had the ball back only down like 10 with like three and a half minutes left. So, you know, getting, getting gashed in the run allowed Hawaii to, to make things really interesting. And San Jose State, if they're allowed to be balanced, if Utah State gives up like 160, 170 rushing yards to San Jose State, you know, have them double their, uh, you know, average. I know that that number is, is skewed by sacks. Um, but you got to be able to force uh, San Jose State to be one-dimensional. And we'll, we'll hear Anderson, uh, him talk a little bit about uh, San Jose State and, and their rushing game and, and partly how, you know, their uh, their rushing total are skewed uh, by sacks. The games I've watched on them, I think they they have the ability to run the ball extremely well. You're right; the numbers don't don't tell you that. And I think the reason he's got the sacks, number one, he's he's never out of a play in his mind. The guy's got the feet to get out of any kind of mess. So you're right; he's taking some sacks that that some guys wouldn't. But you turn right back around the next play, and he may be 20 yards downfield on you. So it it, it comes. Um, it comes with a silver lining, I think, for them. That yes, he's going to take a sack, but he's also going to create some really, really big plays. Uh, the games that I've watched, the really big games, in tight games, when they've they've won, they have run the ball well. I think you got a solid running back, and they're not afraid to run it. Their willingness to spread the ball around to everybody on the field, to me, works with that. I mean, they spread you out, they spread the ball around, and then the next thing you know, you got a light box, and they pop you with counter or zone. So I think the numbers are a little bit, a little bit uh, skewed because of the sacks. I think they're much better rushing the ball than, than the numbers show. Yeah, so trying to adjust out the, the sack yardage can be, can be tricky, and I'm trying to compare it to Utah State, uh, their rushing, because Utah State, they're averaging like 159 rushing yards per game. Um, and that's including the sack yardage they've lost, which I, I am just frantically doing these calculations right at the moment. Um, so Utah State, 159 rushing yards. If you adjust out the sack yards for San Jose State, so this isn't a perfect comparison because I'm not doing the same for Utah State, but it gives you an idea of just how much San Jose State has been hurt by their sack total. So their, their official average is like 82.7 yards per game which is abysmal. It's one of the worst in the league. But if you adjust out, I believe it's like 254 yards lost on sacks for San Jose State this season. If you throw that out the door and add that back into their rushing total, 
the San Jose State is averaging 110, almost 111 yards rushing per game, which is a lot closer, and it makes them seem a little bit more capable. You know, Utah State, they've had several games where they have around 110 rushing yards, a little bit more. That's what they did against Weber State, like 120. They did 113 against Wyoming, which I guess those were still games Utah State lost. But, I mean, Utah State only had 131 against New Mexico, 136 against Wyoming. So, like, 110 is not a horrible rushing total. It's just below average. So it's possible for San Jose State. They can get going in the ground game. They just don't do it a ton. They rushed for 200 against UNLV. And, I mean, against Wyoming, you know, Utah State, 150 yards per game, only getting like a, was 130, 113 against Wyoming. Well, San Jose State had 142 against Wyoming. That was actually the game, uh, it was a game that San Jose State won. San Jose State, their only road win of the year is actually against Wyoming. Which, if you're wanting to be optimistic, you can say that San Jose State's been a pretty bad road team. I shouldn't say a bad road team because they've, they've actually been competitive in three of their road games and they kind of got blown out against San Diego State where they lost 16-24 to at Auburn, won 33-16 at Wyoming, lost 17-10 at Fresno State, and then lost 27-43 at San Diego State. So if there's one optimistic thing you want to take, it's that San Jose State... I'll, I'll take back saying they're a bad road team. I'll just mention that they lose on the road. Granted, some of their toughest opponents have been on the road anyway. Auburn, Wyoming, Fresno State, and San Diego State. Utah State obviously not falling into the same category of toughness as you know San Diego State, Fresno State, Wyoming, and Auburn. But we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk some Utah Jazz. They play at 7 o'clock tonight against the Knicks. So we'll have that coming up on the other side here on 1069thefan.com. It's engagement season. Time to find the perfect ring. Essie Needham Jewelers is known for beautifully cut diamonds at excellent prices. Guys, the sparkle is what matters most in the diamond you give your sweetheart. Our diamonds stand apart from those of other stores. Come view our diamonds under magnification. Select a diamond that fits your budget and then have it mounted in a ring that she'll love. Remember, you get Essie Needham quality at internet pricing. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7, where Utah gets engaged. Essie Needham Jewelers, middle of the block, at the sign of the clock. Thermo Fisher Scientific is hiring for their manufacturing, distribution, and warehouse team. And that's great news for anyone seeking a rewarding career. Thermo Fisher offers positions across multiple shifts, competitive compensation, health benefits, paid time off, bonuses, and an excellent work environment. Help Thermo Fisher make the world healthier, cleaner, and safer. Visit job.thermofisher.com and search Logan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is an equal opportunity employer. You're first and goal at the 10-yard line with seconds left on the clock. Your running back is poised for the game-winning touchdown, but before you can make the snap, the opposing team just takes the ball and locks it in a safe, and they won't give you the combination unless you pay them $10,000. That's exactly how ransomware works. And in 2021, two out of every three organizations fell victim to ransomware attacks. Protect your business with Les Olson Security Suite from Les Olson IT. Learn more at lesolson.com. 
Your skis are skinny and your boots tie with leather. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You need up-to-date ski equipment and your kids want the good stuff. Al's Sporting Goods has season ski rental for the entire family. Ski and board equipment that you can rent for the entire season. Pick them up now, bring them back in May. And for a limited time, get a free Cherry Peak Lift Pass. Youth season ski or snowboard rental, only $99. Adult season ski or snowboard rentals, only $114. Don't wait. 99 and 114 season ski rental prices will go up. Al's Sporting Goods for season ski rentals. Every sport, every season. We're heading into some crazy weather this winter, which means power outages. Tyler and his team at Golden Spike Electric can install a Generac automatic standby generator for your home so you can avoid issues when the power goes out. If you have one already, Golden Spike Electric can maintain your Generac automatic standby generator for you. Find them online at gsegenerators.com or call 435-257-3016. Golden Spike Electric and Generac automatic standby generators power you can count on this is the herd attention listeners with colin cowherd Dak prescott makes 40 million dollars a year and it cannot beat good teams since his rookie year here is Dak prescott versus playoff teams in his career 12 and 21 what is he kirk cousins on monday night football oh wait that's actually what I've compared him to the last two years. This is The Herd. Weekdays from 10 to 1 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hey, Aggie fans. <laughs> Looking for the best burger in town? Bring the family to Prodigy Brewing and try out our signature Prodigy Supreme Burger or a wood-fired pizza. Need a smaller plate for the kids? Our kids' menu has you covered. Whether you are out with the family or just want to catch the Aggies game with friends, Prodigy Brewing is the place to be in Cache Valley, located at 25 West Center Street in beautiful downtown Logan. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Final segment here on the Full Court Press. Jason Walker with you here. We'll have Eric Franson back on tomorrow. He's off to the end of the Utah State football team's practice. So we'll have a couple interviews to play for you uh, tomorrow, hopefully, assuming he's able to catch them. He's trying to get there on time. We left a little bit late because we had the interviews with uh, Logan Brown, head coach of Green Canyon Basketball, and had a couple of their players on. So thanks again for them uh, coming on. You'll be able to catch that interview. We'll post that on the podcast feed as its own interview. And we'll also have, obviously, both episodes here, uh, both hours as episodes on that feed as well. But wanted to finish off the hour with uh, talking about the Utah Jazz. They take on uh, the New York Knicks. Tonight at 7 p.m., it's at home. The Utah Jazz are undefeated at home. They're 5-0 and at home. So certainly impressive for them. Um... Of course, it also means they're five and five on the road. But the thing is, the thing is, Utah Jazz have played two thirds of their games on the road. We forget that this this schedule was notably difficult. Um, you know, they, it was. It's not looked as difficult because some of the teams have underperformed, like the Timberwolves, especially. But they've also played the Nuggets twice. You know, and, and did well against them, at least in one of the games. Um, oh, really quick, I want to get to a couple of texts. We missed these texts, actually, um, before we get into the jazz talk. Um, 
I don't think we read 5338's text. Because um, he, he texts in like right at the beginning of the hour. And we went into pick six and some other things. So 5338. He said, my male player of the week is uh, Brick Miller, Brock Miller, for sweeping. He said Brick Miller, not me. <laughs> um, for sweeping the spectrum floor after his eligibility has exhausted. Yeah, it, was, it was nice to see Brock Miller. He was at the Bradley game. And he took one of the little sweeper or mop things, whatever that thing technically is, and had some fun, got some Mr. Clean chants from the crowd. Um, he also goes on and says, my female player of the week is Beatrice Rodriguez, the USU volleyball team, for taking an opponent's spike off her shoulder that landed back over the net and in play. I did not see that. Usually I, I'm able to catch the volleyball highlights if I'm not able to catch some of the games, which I've not been able to catch many lately. I did not notice that. <laughs> So, as I was reading, I thought he was about to say, take it off her face. That would have been amazing. Uh, 8968, he has another uh, text, said, um, uh, after the Aggies got the pick six, it looked like the defense just quit. As Sexy Reggie said, never let them back in. Never let them, uh, never let them, you got to step on their neck. So, yeah, it, it did feel like the defense gave up a little bit. Hence, they give up the 69-yard touchdown. Then another long drive that, uh, had time not run out, would have gotten Utah State in trouble. But I uh, want to get to the Jazz real quick. So uh, the Knicks, they're uh, you know six and seven on the year. They're three and six in their previous nine games. So they they started three and one, have not done well since. And Quentin Grimes, the guy who is supposedly a deal breaker in the in a potential Donovan Mitchell trade between the Jazz and the Knicks, well, he's played all of forty minutes this entire season in nine games, or uh, in 13 games for the Knicks. So the Jazz, this is a game that if you're, you know, if you're like me where you've suddenly thrown the tank out the window, I'm jumping full on, let's be as good as we can be. I've abandoned my idea of the tank. Maybe that'll get me in trouble later, but I want the Jazz to win all the games now. I've, I've, I've turned a new leaf. And so if you're, if you're like me and you're hoping the Jazz start actually winning or stay winning, Tonight they got to do it. They're undefeated at home. Keep that going. You got to reestablish momentum. Uh, and they're playing nine of their next thirteen games at home. So if they keep a you know the good home play, they'll get right back uh, into a lot of winning. But that'll do it for us here. Have a good day. What I know about courage, I learned from my adoptive mom. She said sometimes you just gotta hold on and know we'll get through this.